Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, I am joined by Courtney Wilson, who is the Director of Marketing at Cloud Factory. And unlike a lot of you, Courtney has been at Cloud Factory for almost six years. And this is a great story about building something essentially from scratch. And I think uh, for those of us that have never done that in our career, you know, come into an environment where you're, you know, an employee number one, in my case, or you're part of the early team, it's so fun and so exciting to, to build a business from scratch. I was just very fortunate to spend uh, the earlier part of this weekend or this week with uh, some of the Adobe team in Utah. And uh, a lot of the reps there, uh, they were called the legacy Marketo people, which uh, Al said, hey, can we stop calling us the legacy Marketo people? Because I feel like an old man and just call us, you know, the Marketo team or the Adobe campaign team. But having conversations with some of these guys that have been with Marketo practically since the beginning and now part of Adobe was uh, was very insightful to hear about what their journey has been like and now what life is like at uh at a company like like Adobe, and so Courtney, first, thank you for joining me. And um, let's let's go let's let's go back in time in a moment and, and talk about what it's like to build a business from scratch. But uh, let's start off with how are you doing? How's your week going? Oh, it's going great. I appreciate uh, being on the show. It's uh, this is great. Uh, good good week so far. Everything's good. I I am very glad to have you on the show. It's it's been an interesting week for. Us And so for all of you listening at the time of this recording, this was the week that almost every major company that's having a trade show in the first half of the year uh, has said, um, we're canceling our show and sent the news out on that. And it's it's been, you know, it's one of those situations, Courtney, where, you know, are you going to make, uh, you know, lemonade out of, out of lemons? Because there's nothing that is better than, you know, meeting face to face with your clients and with your partners and that is not going to happen for so many companies in the beginning part of this year. And so we've got to rely on, on virtual uh, to get that done. So it's been an interesting week. I think a lot of people are, are feeling sad. I, I got to tell you, I, I never thought I'd feel as, as, as bummed out as I have felt this week about not going to a trade show, especially one in Las Vegas uh, and then one in Chicago, because, you know, trade shows, is a lot of work. It's a lot of travel. It's, they're exhausting. But I really am going to miss meeting face to face with our clients and that time there. But we will figure out a way to get the content and, and such, uh, you know, to them. And we'll see how that unfolds. It's time for, a, as I said online, it's time for all of us in technology to show that uh, even challenges like this, we can, we can overcome them. Let's, uh, let's dig in. When you joined Cloud Factory, first of all, I got to say, I love, I love the social mission of the company. And maybe, maybe actually that's where we start, which is, uh, as I recall, providing meaningful work for 1 million people across the globe. So will you tell us a little bit about Cloud Factory and, and that mission? Sure. Uh, so I joined Cloud Factory back in 2014 uh, at a time when we had about uh, five customers, I think. And uh, the, the mission has stayed the same. So the, the mission is really you know, to connect a million people in the developing world with, uh, with meaningful work. Uh, but there's another component to that, which is also raising people up as leaders worth following. So, uh, you know, I was very drawn to the social mission uh, when I when I first joined, 
And, uh, you know, to, to give a quick, uh, you know, just a quick origin story on it, our founder, uh, Mark Sears, uh, he took a trip to Nepal with, uh, with his wife, uh, a, a while back, probably about 2008 and, uh, just absolutely fell in love with the, with the country. And he had a friend there that introduced, introduced him to some engineers and, and computer engineers. And he was, uh, you know, a computer engineer himself. And, you know, he, he saw these guys were really talented and said, you know, what, you know, where are you guys working? You know, what are you, you know, what are you working on? And, you know, they were just like, man, there's, there's, what are you talking about? There's no work here. Uh, and he, you know, basically, you know, was just kind of flabbergasted by that and decided to essentially stay, bought a, bought an iMac and started training a few guys on, you know, Ruby on rails and started a web programming firm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that kind of transitioned into, you know, they, so they started taking up projects. He, you know, extends his vacation indefinitely and then moves to, moves to Nepal and starts, um, you know, starts this web programming firm. And, uh, and then suddenly they started getting some requests for data projects and data entry type stuff. And, you know, he was you know, a little bit confused at first and, you know, wasn't super interested in the work, but then you know, these guys he was working with were like, you know, you know, we got some friends that would absolutely love uh, to, to contribute to that kind of thing. Uh, so he bought a, uh, a microtasking platform uh, off of uh, a company called Humanoid. It was a, a Google Ventures back company and, started this uh started this business and they got one big project uh one of our first customers which is a company called spokio and it was uh, essentially the the ask was it was a you know two or three year long project that was transcribing census records from back in you know the 1800s and early 1900s from uh, the united states and uh, they were suddenly they were renting out movie theaters to you know assess and and figure out you know who could help uh, do that kind of project and that's really you know how cloud factory got off the ground that's a great origin story i mean what a what a great uh mission and purpose after what really was like an un, unplanned experience of life that was a turning point for mark and and certainly created uh the company, you know, getting things off the ground. A lot of a lot of companies, uh, when they get started, they're very, very sales driven and and get their business off the ground through brute force selling. And uh, you, with your uh, talent and expertise, being there in the beginning, um, talk about the growth of revenue and the roles that that sales and marketing played from the very beginning. Sure. Yeah. So you know, like many startups, uh, you know, it was <laughs> it was absolutely brute force. Uh, what happened was. Uh, they actually did quite a bit of work on developing the product and the offering uh, over in uh, over in Nepal, and then uh, needed to start a go-to-market organization and and really build out that sales team and and drive, start driving revenue. Uh, so uh, Mark uh, moved over here uh, to the to the United States. Uh, he's originally from Canada, but moved over here to the U.S. and opened a uh, office in Durham, North Carolina. And raised a uh, raised a Series A and started building a team here. And I was the first U.S. marketing hire uh, on that team. And we hired a, a couple of uh, at the time sales engineers uh, who have both gone on in their kind of different roles themselves. And the three of us are are still here and and driving revenue in different ways. But um, you know, in the beginning, it was it was very much brute force. Uh, essentially, came in. They you know, Mark said, "Hey, you know, we've got Salesforce, we've got HubSpot." Uh, you know, you've got one, you know, one guy over in Nepal, my buddy Akar, who's also still, uh, still killing it. And he's with us. And, uh, you know, we just, we got to work. And a lot of that initial work uh, for, on my part, from a marketing and demand gen standpoint, because my uh, original title was director of demand gen. My mandate was very, you know, fairly simple, which is like, build the machine. We need sales pipeline. And, 
you know, uh, go get to work. And so we did, and we started really kind of building that foundation and the plumbing between the systems, you know, between HubSpot and Salesforce, a lot of that needed to emanate from really partnering with sales to, you know, determine, you know, at that moment, who is our ideal client? You know, what does that ICP look like? Uh, what does a good lead look like so we can build some kind of lead scoring model? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are, you know, who are the personas that we're, that we're targeting right now? And, you know, getting all that, some of that foundational work done. Now that stuff has shifted uh, over time for sure. But, uh, you know, that's how our partnership with sales really started was determining those things, uh, getting that stuff uh, into the process and, and building the machine from there. And, uh, you know, since then we've just grown, we've had a few years of, you know, 100% year over year growth. And, um, you know, now we serve 180 customers around the world. That's phenomenal. And I, and I love I love the projects that you outlined were the like the initial uh, initiatives and even calling out that like persona development, the ICP changes uh, over time as a company grows. Um, I've shared on you know some recent podcasts and when I did my demand gen masterclass at B2BMX a few weeks ago, I introduced uh, our methodology, our D3 methodology. And again, for everybody listening, if you have not reached out to me, on LinkedIn to get a copy of these slides, uh, I encourage you to do so because they've been very, very well received. And a lot of folks that have now shared with their leadership teams, like this is what demand generation is all about, right? I mean, at that time, Courtney, you had to explain to Mark and the rest of the leadership, like, here's my plan. Here's what we're going to do, A, B, then C. This methodology, uh, sometimes called the framework, um, explains that there are these three areas, demand creation, demand management, and demand expansion, and that everything you do to drive revenue falls in these areas. And you touched on a couple of those those things by starting with like persona development, like who is our ideal customer profile? Like we're a startup, we, we barely have a client, uh, we want more of them, so let's sales and marketing talk about who we're going after and why that is so critical. And it's not just, right, a project that, you know, let's create something in Microsoft Word or PowerPoint and persona development and, and park it up in box and, and never look at it again. Like, let's really define this persona so that we can develop content and sequences and messaging uh, and a sales process that really supports them as well as, as, well as pricing. And it's, um, it's something I've always done in my career when I've come into an organization that is an existing organization. Um, I go out and meet with their clients in their offices and really understand why this person uh, bought and, and what really makes them tick. And I remember, uh, Courtney, just to, to dive in a little further, when I was at Ellie Mae, I would see all these processors who had Beanie Babies all over their cubes. This was the, the age of the Beanie Baby. And so like all around their cubes, they were collecting Beanie Babies. And I wouldn't see this in one office. I would see this after office after office. And so that became actually one of the items that we, we sent out and uh, we're using it shows because everybody was collecting Beanie Babies, especially this, this one persona within our, within our target. Um, Let's go back to your journey in terms of like th- those uh, initiatives. You you mentioned that you brought in HubSpot and Salesforce. When when did that happen? When did you guys say we've got to get a CRM and a marketing automation system? What what stage of the company's journey what, did that happen? Yeah, so that actually happened relatively early on, and uh, you know I kind of realized we we go right into the social mission, but I really never actually said what Cloud Factory does. So maybe I can pause there for a second and then come back to it. Yeah. Uh, so what, what Cloud Factory does is, uh, you know, we are actually a, a managed workforce provider, and we work uh, primarily uh, in the AI and machine learning space. So 
you know, for companies who are building things like computer vision or natural language processing, uh, there's tons of raw data that actually needs to be labeled and uh, prepared and managed for those machine learning models. And uh, we deploy teams uh, to do that work. So we do all the hiring, training, and vetting. And that's how we are creating work in the developing world uh, is by taking on those projects from, you know, obviously primarily tech companies and uh, processing and and I'm bringing a lot of expertise when it comes to those processes and the tools that are needed. And, you know, we have technical solutioning and client success and everything else that goes along with that. But uh, that's a little bit uh, just to give you some context for, you know, what Cloud Factory does. In terms of, you know, those systems and kind of coming back to that story. Well, before you go there, there yep. was something that sure. you and I talked about that I think underneath that we should really underscore is that in order for you guys to realize your vision and make this happen, you guys have been training and developing the skill sets. Now, now this, this group has certain talents and expertise that lend well to the type of AI work uh, and development that they're doing. But, uh, you know, part of your whole company has been, you know, uh, leadership and development of these individuals. And it's, it's really you know, something I think we all can admire because most of us, most organizations go out and, and put specs of people that have three to five years experience doing this or eight years doing this and have that. And while you guys are finding a certain type of talent uh, to bring into the organization, you're doing a lot of development uh, of them, which is certainly admirable and, and, and worth, worth noting. So kudos to Mark and, and the rest of the crew for, for um, making that. It's not easy, right? It's, it's a little bit easier to just go, go hire people who have all the talent that you, you already need. It's, it's, it's a different, different process. It is. Yeah. It's difficult because it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to scale. And, um, you know, we are, uh, we, we have started an initiative here with our, uh, through our impact team and talent team to create something called Cloud Factory Academy that uh, is really kind of solidifying what we've done over the last, you know, eight years uh, or even 10 years, you know, in terms of our approach to leadership development. And they are really kind of codifying that, making it a, a, a true program where, uh, we're not only just teaching, uh, you know, them how to, you know, our, our, you know, the folks that join us how to do the work and do the, do the job, but also, you know, truly training them on leadership skills, you know, whether that's communication or presentation skills, computer skills, uh, all kinds of areas where we're hoping to develop people so that they work with us for, you know, a time, uh, but then they are able to go on and do, uh, do bigger things and make a, a bigger impact in their communities. So, yeah. Well, let's go back to the building blocks of, of marketing as you built yeah. your business within the business. So after you started assembling some folks and, and building out the team uh, and doing the persona development and creating some content and, and support for sales, uh, at some point came technology. So let's let's talk about that and, and then some of the other initiatives following that. Yeah, so we, you know, we actually, they had made the decision to go with the combination of Salesforce and HubSpot before uh, before I had actually come on board. Uh, so um, so early know, Mark, on, very uh, was, early on, like get, getting off the ground. Yeah, very early on. Uh, you know, Mark was uh, just very savvy with this kind of stuff. He was really interested in it. I remember, you know, during the interview process and he and I would just kind of geek out on, on, you know, all the images at the time where, uh, you know, I think, you know, HubSpot was, really starting to peak with their, uh, the, the concept of inbound and, you know, all the content they were putting out thought leadership. So, uh, he was kind of devouring that stuff. And we had, uh, we had Akar, who I mentioned before, who's been on our team, uh, since the beginning and has just become an absolute ninja with the, uh, with, with the automation and the systems that we have. So it's been, uh, it's been fun to watch. 
but those were, you know, really the core building blocks that, that we started with. Yeah. And um, so those things were in place, but at the time they, you know, in, in a lot of ways, the two systems were not talking to one another at all. So it was really the work of, you know, mapping the fields and, you know, creating the custom fields that we needed and what's the data that we really need in order to kind of keep progressing and maturing over time. And that's what a lot of the, uh, the focus was on. After, after HubSpot and Salesforce, were there any other tools that you guys said, these are, these are part, uh, things that we need to have in our stack, anything follow that? Yeah. So we, you know, I mean, obviously we've had the, you know, the, you know, Google analytics and, and different kind of tool platform. Uh, you know, a lot of the systems that we've had have been, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, maybe a little bit disparate, you know, we've used, you know, SEM rush forever, you know, to manage our PPC and, and SEO work and, uh, things of that nature. But, um, you know, we, you know, we, we, and we, uh, well, you know, one thing we've experimented with, uh, with a lot, uh, is, you know, data enrichment platforms and integrating those into, uh, in, into Salesforce. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we, we had mixed success over the years. We, we now use them zoom info, but zoom info is very different than it was, you know, three or four years ago after all the acquisitions and mergers that they, uh, that they went through. So they've got a, a you know, much more robust tool and, uh, and we're using that now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, one of the things that we, we have tried to do, uh, cause one of our principles at cloud factory is to make the complex simple. And we really, uh, you know, we tried to avoid, uh, too much tech sprawl, uh, just so that the team was not, you know, uh, we weren't draining resources into managing, you know, a whole bunch of different, you know, tech applications. And I think there's different points of view on that. And I think we're maturing to a point now where we're starting to think a little bit different, a little more broadly, but we have actually been leveraging, uh, you know, HubSpot for sales cadences and using HubSpot sales pro for that. And then, uh, you know, using HubSpot for chat uh, and, and chat flows and the like, uh, we're actually transitioning off of that into uh, to drift to get into something that's a little bit more kind of robust and, uh, you know, better for our organization as we continue to grow. So, uh, you know, but I would say for a while, uh, there was uh, much more of a focus on, you know, the execution elements, you know, building that foundation between HubSpot and Salesforce right. uh, took a lot of work. And then we needed to build the programs on top of that in order to actually drive the demand. And, you know, I think in your model, you know, that that was the, you know, the demand creation piece was, you know, was really important to get that going yeah. and was a big focus for us. And the demand management piece was really the plumbing that we were doing and the, and the workflows and the processes that we were using. But, you know, at that time, uh, you know, those in those early days, you know, we were not generating the kind of, you know, volume of leads and, and, and the like that, you know, we beggars can't be choosers. And, uh, you know, so we had our sales guys following up on just about everybody that came through, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> the good, uh, that's the bad obviously the changed over time. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's, let's fast forward to today. You guys are about almost a dozen people in, in marketing sales, uh, as I recall, is about mm-hmm. uh, 35 uh, folks, and, and you've got a, an SDR team of about a dozen people as well. So you guys have, have scaled up, mm-hmm. and um, you guys even raised a, a nice healthy round of, of funding, um, I think it was back in, in November. What, what really stood out for me was you guys carry a, a revenue target. I mean, marketing has a revenue number. And I've talked about that on recent podcasts that it, where that is not the case, you got to pause and scratch your head in, in today's day and age. And for you to build a business from scratch and, and help carry the load of that growth. In fact, I think uh, what marketing's uh, driving upwards of uh, 50% uh, of the new business there. So how does how did that come about where you guys said, hey, we're, we're in this together. We, we're going to, we're going to, 
align on revenue targets and, and share responsibility. It'd be great to hear kind of like how that came about and, and how you work together with sales to establish those targets. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's definitely been an evolution, but I, you know, I will say that, uh, you know, one, one of the things that I've always been sensitive to, uh, you know, prior to my time at Cloud Factory and, and continue to be is, uh, is, is, you know, the people who see marketing as a cost center. And the way that I've always gone about it has been, you know, always kind of banging the drum and making the case that it is, it is fundamentally a revenue driver and it needs to be seen that way. And when I came into Cloud Factory, that was the, you know, the, my, uh, you know, my point of view. And I expressed that very clearly uh, to, uh, you know, to the leadership team as I was kind of going through my interview process. And I'll, I will give a bit of advice to any marketers out there, particularly if you're, uh, you find yourself in a room with a, uh, with a CFO. And when you start talking about tying marketing to revenue, uh, their eyes light up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that was, uh, you know, I think coming in with that, that, that general point of view was uh, just set the tone, I think, for, you know, where we are now. And I think, you know, to a degree, we've even hired against that, right? I mean, if, if somebody kind of came in and, and was like confused about marketing, you know, being tied to revenue or carrying a, carrying a, a target, you know, it's kind of like, eh, this maybe, maybe this isn't the right you know, place. So, you know, I think that's, so we have developed our team around that and it's, uh, it is not a, uh, it's not a confusing notion to anybody on our team. So yeah. we're, uh, you know, we're proud to do it. And, and, you know, over, over the years that, you know, that's taken on a different thing. I mean, when we were early on, it was, you know, our, our level of, you know, kind of modeling and forecasting and, and that kind of stuff was pretty, uh, you, you know, as you can imagine was a little bit haphazard and, you know, we did the best we could with the limited amount of data that we've had. But, you know, as we've matured over the years, uh, we have, you know, continued to evolve that process. And, and what that looks like today is, you know, we've got, you know, we, we, we've got a growth model. Uh, we know where we need to get to. We understand the net new MRR that we need to, uh, to achieve on a monthly and quarterly basis to hit mm-hmm. those goals. Uh, and, you know, essentially it is a, it is, it is a team effort between, you know, our go-to-market leadership and, you know, inclusive of sales and marketing and our client success team and our finance, uh, you know, our finance team. And we all get in a room and we kind of figure this model out. And then we, you know, basically agree to what we think we can deliver for the business. And, you know, from there, you know, once we've agreed on that, you know, then we have the, you know, sometimes we have the hard conversations about, you know, hey, how, do, how are we actually going to get this done? And, uh, you know, there's, there's times where, um, you know, we, we need to, you know, kind of rethink it and remodel it. Um, but, uh, but generally speaking, that's, that's how we do it. So we, you know, kind of come out of that room with a handshake to say, you know, this is what we think we can do for the business. And then we're there to support each other afterwards. Looking back over the past five and a half years, what are you, what are you most proud of? I don't know if pride's the right word, but like, what are some of the things that you guys have accomplished as a team that, that you feel like in, in your journey there, like, you know, these, these are things that I'm proud of. These are, these are impact points, uh, of the business and, or even learnings, you know, some maybe places that you failed that you, that you overcame. You know, I think, you know, overall, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to kind of point to the, to the team that we built over, over the years, we've just got an exceptional, uh, exceptional team. And, uh, you know, I think for, for any leader, you know, that, you know, hopefully that's a, a point of pride. There's so many great people out there. We have certainly uh, been fortunate enough to have our, have our share come through here and, and join us in, on the journey. So, uh, you know, I have to point to that first, you know, I think, you know, coming back to the revenue question and just being, you know, marketing being tied to revenue and, and where that all started, you know, I think, 
for me, you know, having marketing be valued and uh, recognized as a really, you know, fundamental key pillar of growth uh, over the past five and a half years. And, you know, in the beginning, it, it, it's funny, the years are, you know, the days can be long and the years are short. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a lot to kind of take in. But we, you know, we certainly started small and we have continued to just scale and evolve and mature and, and just get better and better and better at uh, driving that kind of volume and, and pipeline that we need for the business. So, you know, I think it's, it really is that it's, I think it's the, uh, the value that the organization has continued to see in marketing and the fact that it is con- continue to invest in marketing by bringing in, you know, new leadership and, you know, investing in, you know, our product marketing function and, you know, continue to invest in demand and everything else. I think, you know, I'd point to those two things I think are the most, uh, the things I'm most proud of. That's awesome. I was on a call yesterday, a friend of mine who's chief revenue officer of another company. They, they've grown, uh, without as much marketing support. They've grown and grown and grown fairly quickly. And he asked me, he said, Hey Dave, would you get on a call with our co-founder, uh, and, and CEO, one person, he's CEO and co-founder, and kind of take him through demand generation and, and modern marketing. And I'm like, Ab- absolutely. And after a few minutes, uh, you know what I did, Courtney, is I said, can I show you as a CEO what I have here? And I pulled up Salesforce and I showed him, I said, so here's all of our marketing qualified leads. Here's how we do scoring. I explained to him the nurtures. I showed him, you know, people going through nurtures and what kind of content was being shared with them. And I just kind of explained how marketing automation and, and CRM can and should work together and how sales and marketing should, you know, forget the word align, but we should probably drop that, integrate, how sales and marketing should be integrated together. And I showed them, I go, but now do you want to see the best part? And he's like, yeah, what's, what's that? Like, cause he hadn't seen any of this before. And I said, take a look at my dashboard. And so I said, as a fellow CEO, I go, this is my sales pipeline dashboard. And you're probably familiar with stuff like this. This is, this is our revenue uh, so far, year to date, showing them how we were ahead of plan. Uh, this is what we have in pipeline, stage one through stage six, which stage six for us is, is out for signature. And I go, that's pretty cool, right? And, and you probably have stuff like that, right? From your head of sales. He goes, I do. I go, now look at this dashboard. And I showed him our marketing dashboard. And he was was just blown away. And I've again on the podcast, I've offered to show this uh, to folks. And so take me up on it. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. But I showed him like this is the funnel that's just above the sales funnel. And I showed him all the demand that marketing was created, uh, the lead volumes, the MQL volumes, how much marketing was sourcing in the pipeline, and like to have all these tools at my disposal is so phenomenal as a CEO because, hey, every, every year or every month or every quarter, we might not hit our goals. Uh, we've, been, we've been tracking really well, uh, Courtney, but at least you're going to know when you're not going to. Like, it's not a surprise and you can figure out how to make adjustments and know what's, what's working. It's really liberating. And I know you've got a lot of those, those tools at your disposal. Um, I'm looking at the time and I think it's that part of our of our story. For everybody listening, you ever you ever watch a movie and the movie's going along really great and you're hearing about phenomenal uh, you, you see the character development and the relationship and you hear about, you know, Courtney's relationship with Mark and the team and the team that he's built and people that have been there with him since the beginning. And then there's something that happens in the story. It's like a, like a car accident or uh, some change of events that really changes the story. And, and I want to share that with you right before 
Courtney and I got on the podcast. He said, hey, Dave, I have a little surprise news for you. And I said, what's that? And he said, probably by the time this airs or right around the time I am making a move. And it surprised me. And uh, Courtney and I talked about it uh, a little bit. And, and we felt that it was really important for us to talk about this because a lot of you in your career um, at times, uh, of course, make decisions to transition and go to a new environment. And as you can hear, Courtney really loves the team there and feels quite accomplished uh, as a team. And uh, if you hear any sadness in his voice, I think it's that, that subconscious that's saying right to you, Courtney, I'm making a big change. So can you, um, can you talk about why the change and how you're feeling about it? Sure. Uh, yeah. So it is definitely a, a bittersweet, uh, a bittersweet kind of moment. And uh, this actually happened. You know, David and I talked a few weeks ago, and, and this all kind of transpired uh, between uh, those two, these two conversations. So uh, I have uh, accepted a, a, a vice president of global marketing role uh, at a company called Cloud Academy, uh, who uh, you know had had come to me and and you know was just interested in my profile, and there was a lot of alignment in terms of what they needed and, uh, you know, decided to make a change. And it's, uh, it's been kind of agonizing in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're still kind of processing it here internally. I know I am and, and, you know, it's been tough, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about cloud factory was, uh, you know, the process we went through and truly scaling up. So, you know, I started, it was, you know, really not quite pre-revenue, but, you know, we had, uh, you know, very few customers and it was, you know, it, it was a, a ton of fun, you know, kind of starting from, you know, more or less from scratch as the go-to-market organization was just starting to be built. Uh, but what I really enjoyed was, you know, once we hit some, you know, some semblance of product market fit and we went through the scaling process uh, to get us to where we are now, and I really just, just enjoyed that process so much. And, uh, my hope is that, uh, you know, uh, where I'm, my new, uh, my new home is, uh, where they are looking to do something, you know, very similar. And, uh, they're you know, a little bit further along certainly than cloud factory was when I, when I started here, but, uh, I'm really hoping to apply a lot of the lessons and the things I've learned, uh, from the journey here to, uh, to be able to help them be successful as well. Are you only going to go to companies that that have the name cloud in their name? Is that is that part of the? the it story? is. <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> I know I've had to, I've had to almost kind of preempt uh, preempt the, the those kinds of announcements with that kind of joke because yeah. uh, it is it is a little bit uh, it is a little bit funny. But I will say this: uh, Cloud Factory is one word. Cattle case. Uh, cloud Academy is two words. Two so words. There is a little bit of a difference. A little bit of a difference. So um, uh, promotion for you, move up to, to vice president, uh, which is exciting. And congratulations. Um, it's not, I'm sure, about just the title. It's, it, you know, you like to build stuff. And this is, you know, what, what we shared right before we, we hit the record button is um, your passion for just building something almost from scratch and scaling it up. What uh, What is it about that type of opportunity that... Uh, is attractive to you rather than coming into something that's a little bit more established and either bringing it to the next level or or pivoting it if needed. Yeah, it it just I I, I do I love that process. I love you know there there is kind of a a feeling of taking a a, a bit of unmolded clay and just kind of creating uh, you know creating something out of that and uh, you know everything that I've learned uh, so far you know over over the past few years in particular is you know, just, I think going to be just amazing learning for the, you know, for this next adventure. So 
there is uh, there are people that are you know fantastic at you know just running things at scale, and they you know they know all the levers and they know how to run that kind of machine. And, you know, there are, you know, there are, you know, folks who just really do like to do the building. And, and that's just, I think, a little bit more uh, core to my nature and who I am. And, you know, and for me, you know, as much as I love building the, you know, the, the machinery around demand and, and marketing in and, and general, uh, you know, I also love building teams. And, you know, as I you know, wax poetic a little bit earlier about the team that we have here, who I, you know, just admire and respect so much. Uh, it's an, you know, it's an opportunity to, to go ahead and, and, you know, take in a, a bit of an existing team, but also, uh, you know, build on that team and hopefully do something similar there uh, and create a really high performing marketing team. So I'm, I'm excited. What's the, uh, what's the legacy that you're leaving behind? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I think hopefully legal leave a legacy of, uh, you know, of that, of that, a bit of that kind of pioneering spirit of, you know, the, the, the building and kind of being here from the beginning and, you know, hopefully living up to the, the values and the culture that we built at cloud factory. Uh, and, you know, that uh, involves a lot of, um, you know, uh, you know, humbleness in the way that we lead, uh, you know, that we, you know, really respect data and we, you know, and marketing certainly, I think, has lived up to that uh, in my time here. Uh, and, you know, so many other values that we uh, kind of carry ourselves with the, uh, the relationships that I've built, not just in here in the U.S. with our team, uh, but also, you know, across the globe uh, with uh, so many good friends that I have in in, in Nepal and Kathmandu and, and friends that I've got in Kenya and friends that I've got in the, in the UK and other offices. Uh, I hope that those will, uh, you know, be enduring legacies. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss, uh, I'm going to miss everybody terribly. And, uh, you know, I'm excited, but, uh, you know, sad at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's neat for us selfishly to, to have this time together, right? is the, that is that emotional pivot for you, right? It's, it's hard to leave something that you feel proud of and, and that you've helped build. Uh, and it's also exciting to move to something and, and, and do it again. Um, I'd, I'd like to stay with you on your journey, uh, Courtney. I know that you know, myself and our team uh, can be there to support you. One of the things I'm gonna make sure that, that we do is uh, get you the tool set that I've put together for CMOs and VPs of marketing, marketing leadership to help you hit the ground running. You know, I want to make sure that all of you, when you move into environments like Courtney, you know, have a deck where you can paint a vision of what high performance demand generation looks like, um, what you're going to need in terms of people and technology and foundational initiatives around data and analytics. Uh, because uh, even though folks like Courtney have have figured it out uh, over time and, and continue to learn, um, so many of us is when we go into a new environment, just like the story I was telling about the the CEO uh, that I was with yesterday, like I want to make it easy for you guys to not only paint the vision, but to then secure the investment and resources that you need to hit the ground running and be successful. So that is my my gift to you uh, in your in your new role. It's actually perfect because uh, literally on my first day, uh, I need to uh, fly to Austin, Texas, and present to the uh, present at the sales kickoff meeting. Of course, uh, on you my do. very first day. Yeah, so, I, I know. I know uh, that so. feeling myself of like, <laughs> wait, I haven't even started, and I got to present the entire game plan. So I said about there three is, months ago, is. like, I'm going to put a kit together for for marketing leaders to go into new environments and and set the <laughs> stage. So. You you get to be one of the first to uh, to use it. When I uh, when I ran marketing at Ellie May, 
and I got the job offer. Two weeks into the job, I had to present to the board my entire strategy for FY whatever it was back then. I guess it was uh, 2003. And I'm like, really? After two weeks? And so it was, it was a lot of cramming. Um, but they bought off on the plan and they, they made the investment and we hit the ground running. And LMA is a you know, huge home run uh, success story, not only for the, my contributions there, but for what they've done uh, you know, in, the, in the 13 years to follow that. It's been, been awesome. Still a client of ours uh, to this day. Um, what are you going to start off with? So it's, it's pain of vision. It's, uh, it's, it's your first month in the role. Uh, we, we know what you have to do the first mm-hmm. week in Austin, but what, uh, what's your game plan typically for how you settle in? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, to me, there's, there's a, probably the core elements are, you know, really kind of getting to know the team and just building those, uh, you know, building those relationships and, and getting to know everybody and, and where, you know, their, their, what their hopes are and, and what they believe that they, they are good at and, you know, just uh, be able to take in a lot of the good work that they've already been doing and understand that uh, so that uh, we kind of keep continuity and just keep, keep the uh, good things moving. Uh, you know, the second is really looking at data and just really understanding the data to the, you know, to the best of my ability and, you know, understanding kind of where we are and, and, you know, where the gaps are. And then, you know, for, from there it really is, it's okay. What's, what's the vision, you know, what's, you know, another element of it is like, what, what's the backlog look like? You know, what, have, what has marketing been asked to do? Um, you know, how does that kind of, you know, tie to what the business really needs and, you know, start to really do some kind of ruthless prioritization around that to make sure we're, uh, you know, just working on the right things and, and getting the right things done and not, uh, not, not crushing people under a load of work that, uh, you know, may or may not be, uh, you know, really relevant or, you know, could be important, but not urgent. And, you know, just trying to figure all that stuff out. So and then, yeah. uh, you know, we'll have a 30, 60, 90 day ramp and, you know, we'll just go from there. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I, I, uh, I know again these these transitions are tough, but it's it's been fun. I'm sure, no doubt, to build and scale a marketing organization, the demand generation function there from from two people to over a dozen, and and contribute the kind of revenue you guys have at this have at this point. Now you get to you get to do it all again. Do they have a, a CRM and and marketing automation system already in place at Cloud Academy? Uh, they do. They do. It's actually the same exact uh, same exact stack. So they've got Salesforce and, and HubSpot, and they, you know they're definitely you know further along in their uh, mature curve than where Cloud Factory was when I joined here. So uh, they've been they've been using it for a while, and uh, you know we'll see. Uh, you know we'll we'll get under the hood and we'll check it out and see what's happening. Well, my my hope and goal is that uh, we we help you outgrow some of those systems and move you into some of the, the the next level tool sets to even drive more and more growth. You and I haven't had a chance to do that yet, and so maybe that will present itself at, at Cloud Academy. Well, hey, Courtney, thank you for spending the time and, and thank you. I know, you know, today uh, you and I together is a, is a pivotal time, big, big moment of change and change is, change is chance, um, chance for you to, to leave your legacy and let some, some people take the ball from there, but also for you to take the learnings and expertise of, of building the business there and, and doing it again. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a short stint. You were there almost six years and that's a lot of learning and opportunity and contribution. So I'm really proud of you and, uh, any, any, any farewell words to the, to the team who might be listening to this? <laughs> a few of them might, uh, you know, they, I think they, they know, uh, exactly how I feel about them. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't be more, uh, bullish on the, uh, you know, on how special the company cloud factory is, uh, how special the team is, uh, not just the marketing team, but, you know, the global team that we have. And, um, 
you know, I just think it's uh, it's just a special place to work. And uh, I have no doubt that the marketing team as a whole will just continue to, uh, you know, to just kind of keep kicking ass just like they have. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to cheering them on and uh, they know, uh, you know, I'd love to join them for, uh, for a happy hour here or there and, uh, and hear about all the, uh, the great victories they're going to have going forward. Awesome. Well, I'm sure they appreciate that. Again, uh, proud of you. Wish you the best. We, you and I will no doubt uh, be in touch. And hey, folks, uh, I said a couple things in the podcast that uh, if you want, um, I mentioned the, the deck that I have on our D3 uh, methodology that I think all of you should be taking a look at. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. If any of you uh, like Courtney or are, are making a move this year, uh, and moving into a marketing leadership role or another marketing leadership role and want to take a look at some of the, the tools that I've put together. You know, if I was you uh, moving into a new role, feel free to reach out and I can share that with you. And then the third thing is, is as I said, I, I took, you know, the CEO of another company through the tool sets that we have here and how that works. And I find that very, um, very helpful for folks that have not really seen you know, world-class demand generation systems put to work. So if that's helpful to you or your organization, again, reach out to me on LinkedIn because I want to help you guys. Um, I guess last but not least is keep an eye out for my demand generation masterclass. I did it live at BWMX and it was, uh, we had about a uh, packed house. They had to bring in extra chairs. Very, very well received. Everybody said, I wish it went longer. And so with the events that are getting canceled, we are taking this course virtual and I will bring that online. So for you or folks uh, in your organization that want to attend my masterclass, uh, just keep track of me on LinkedIn Connect if you haven't already and you'll see the news of that coming out where that's gonna be. But that's gonna do it for this episode. Have a great uh, rest of your week, everybody. Hope you're out either walking the dog, riding the bike or doing something that... Uh, as you and I spending some quality time together. And, and Courtney, all the best to you. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 